0: Generally Speaking, About the Church, episode number 47. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the About the Church podcast. My name is Cliff Ravenscraft. And my name is de G. That sounded really uh, bad. It's just in Spanish. <laughs> DG. All right. It sounded like you said something else, though. All right, folks. We are here once again, another week where we will just generally speak about the church. And we're going to be talking about real faith. No, it's always not. I always mess that up. It's real talk <laughs> about real faith. You think by episode 40. 40- we're going to talk about real faith with real talk. In real time. And we're going to do it like real professionals and not screw <laughs> anything up. Because
1: I was, I was just, the reason I was laughing when we were doing the intro and stuff Yeah, like, I really think we should do one that we don't do the music, but you and I actually do the music part. Yeah. So you like, hey, number 46, and we're like, <laughs> That'd yeah, be see, awesome. We should you, do that together.
0: You, you, well, see, I don't think I'd be able to do it.
1: But that's, but that's the fun is like you'll be way off and I'll be way off and everyone will have a good laugh out of it. You think so? I was laughing pretty hard thinking about I, it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I saw you laughing. Yeah. Oh, yes, you did. <laughs> I was like, what am I missing? I mean, I don't see anything in the... Chat room that really would start yeah, that Good but. friends
1: who know me, they're like, that's just DG Like He'll just start hysterically laughing because he thought of something in the back of his brain and He's
0: just being DG And he
1: really doesn't want to share it with everybody because it's kind of perverted uh, <laughs> But he's laughing and he just enjoys life so.
0: You just reminded me of that song by uh, Miley Cyrus
1: Oh no <laughs> <laughs> She's just being Miley <laughs> Wow I don't even know that song, nor do I want to take pride yeah. that I do know it <laughs>
0: Actually, it's a pretty cool song. Anyway, that uh, you, when you have an eight-year-old daughter, you get involved in their world. You, I'm, I, I'm sure you do. Yep. So anyway, that's why I want a boy. <laughs> exactly.
1: <laughs> no, I'll take, I'll take any kid. Whenever we adopt, I don't care who they are. Yeah.
0: So, um, DG, what's going on in your life and your part of the kingdom?
1: Um, I mean. Actually a lot This week I'm actually going to leave On Friday I'm going to go speak um, To a young adult uh, Methodist young
0: adult Conference in Dallas A Methodist young adult Conference Yes Okay
1: And uh, talking about What we're doing With the waters And the future of the church And how to effectively Minister to young adults 2500
0: is what they're paying you? <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah I
1: think they're, they're all, all these uh, all That's a reference was, back is, To a previous episode Yeah, yeah for this. Exactly. <laughs>
0: Those who are wondering why was that funny? <laughs> they're 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 paying for
1: travel expenses and I think hotel too. So that's cool. But um, but anyway, so we're literally flying down Friday morning, and then we're leaving to come back here Saturday night. So it's gonna be a really quick trip. But I'm trying to prepare everything and try to do stuff in advance and. Are you so doing it's, like it's a pre-
0: like a presentation with keynote or anything like that, or are you just you know, getting up there and just talking? I don't, I
1: don't have keynote on my laptop. How do you not have keynote? I know it's a cool it's a cool display program that Apple makes, but I just I don't have it.
0: Yeah, I just started getting it for uh, screencasting, but when I speak, I prefer not to have slides behind me. Right, exactly. I, I'm one of those guys. I just like to get up there. I like to move around, and if I have if I have my outline in front of me on on a screen, I tend to just want to put it all on the screen. Right. And it's like, why should I be there? Why don't I just ha- send the presentation? Let people read it word for word. And
1: right. Well, I know that uh, uh, a good friend of mine, Aaron Kleinfelter, who's actually in the the chat room right now. Maybe I shouldn't have said his last name. Aaron is going. Well, gonna he's, be, he's got in,
0: his last name in the chat room. That's so true. He's good to go.
1: <laughs> anyway, but Aaron, I remember telling me one time, he's like, I really, I like to play around with preaching. And one of the things that he talked about, one of the one of the models that were going on at that time period was um, that people were. Putting up stuff in there in the slides that would just be stuff that go, would go along with the sermon or go along with what they're talking about, not necessarily the exact topic you're talking about. Oh, okay. but like a quote from you know, some from some historian way back when that would just kind of be a little bit of icing on top of the cake as you're talking. Right. Which I think was a cool idea. Yeah. And some people put like a bunch of pictures that are just constantly going behind them or something else like that. Yeah. And it, it just, I just, I think there is something powerful about having something that's supplemental.
0: Oh, yeah. There. Yeah. We are a multi-sensory generation. I mean, we, 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 we're, I mean we're used to consistent sensory information yeah. hitting us from all angles all yeah. the time. And so to sit there and go into a room with a bunch of chairs staring at the back of somebody's head... To hear them speak to us, I mean, exactly. I, it's it's like next to impossible if that person's up there just being boring uh, to not be checking your email, instant messaging, and doing five other things <laughs> on your portable devices.
1: Right. And some people are like, you know, some churches are getting it and they're like doing, they're doing, they're allowing for Twitter during the sermon. I would and love... that stuff up there while some, that sermon's going on. Just That stuff's so freaking cool. I would love to do that
0: yeah, stuff. Yeah, so, yeah. Anyway. So, DG, you know... This week, getting into the heart of things here. So, what about your week? You asked me about my week. My week last week was absolutely horrid. I I had the worst week last week. I I was borderline depressed and just literally had the blahs all week. And I, and I look back and I'm like, why? I mean, I am I am a very blessed man. I have a wonderful wife. I have some totally awesome kids. Uh, you know, just I I am truly blessed in so many ways. And yet, last week, I just, I, th- I can't remember what day it was. It was probably Tuesday. No, no, it was probably Wednesday. And I, I just woke up and, and just felt empty inside. And I had been, you know, I had been really doing a lot with trying to explore my faith at, at a deeper level. And what I've been, you know, kind of thinking through some things that I read here and there. I've been um, looking at today's culture and, and, and society, you know, with the whole idea of people who are reinvestigating what the church is all about and, and this whole movement of trying to be relevant in today's culture and stuff like that and people who are throwing out some of the things and 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 saying you know we shouldn't stick to these things that were very much a part of my growing up and, sure. and, and and in the church some things that I held dear to um and and I understand that there are there are certain things it's like well number one my faith shouldn't be about tradition it should be about the living person of Jesus Christ hmm. you know and stuff yeah. like that but at the same time when when it comes comes down to it you know I've got so caught up and I think today's culture postmodern culture um is is very much skeptical of everything they question everything mm-hmm. and i feel like i'm a product of this this new generation <laughs> or culture or whatever
1: you've been wrapped up and labeled and given a price tag yes but <laughs> been the, caught up in it yeah. i
0: and and i we kind of joked about this before we hit the record button but this past week i've just gotten really skeptical about my skepticism hmm. You know, I, I I feel like I've gotten to the point where, you know what, I'm starting to overanalyze everything and I question everything. And then all of a sudden it's like, so what do I believe in? And and mm-hmm. then I, it, it all gets stripped down to nothing and it feels raw and naked and, and it's all bad.
1: <laughs> or it could be actually very, very good. I know. And I that's know. and that's and that's one thing I think we can appreciate from the postmodern culture is the desire for us to be able to say I really am searching for what is reality and what is not and, and to do the best I can to sift through what people have just told me and what I actually believe. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and, and now that scares a lot of people because they think, Oh my gosh, okay, now they're going to question everything about God. But, but Christianity is one of the few faiths that say, ask away, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm. I'm never going to turn you away by saying, "Do I really believe that Jesus Christ is real, or do I really believe that this story found in the Bible, you know, is based on reality and, and things like that?" So, I think that that can be a good thing because when you come out of that, I think you'll know who you are even more so. Right. But it scares a lot of mainline Christians because they think, "Oh my gosh, these people are questioning the Trinity and the validity of of you know Christ and the words of Christ, much less." The people that were inspired to write those, these words and things like that, and questioning the church, and I mean Dan Brown did a
0: yeah huge job on that. But well, here here's the thing: I, there, I understand questioning and seeking truth, but then there comes a whole portion of people out there, um, and and you and I have talked about the differences between the emerging church and the emergent church. Yeah, and and you know, of course, you have some distinction. In some of the things that that you you understand the differences between some of that, well, um, there there's so many other bits of language talking about you know the this next generation of the church or this next cultural reformation of the church, and and I guess one of the things did you mention the emergent village? Yes, I was.
1: I just brought it up right here. Okay. I don't know if you've been reading that. I don't know if you read that blog at all.
0: No, not. no, 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 not at all.
1: There is a great. Uh, blog-a-log is what they've called it. It's like a blog discussion dialogue. It's uh-huh. going on with Bill Eason. I don't know if you're familiar with Bill Eason, but he's no. a big wig when it comes to evangelical um, thinkers mm-hmm. and writers and stuff like that. And so um, he he wrote it on billeason.com, E-A-S-U-M.com, but it's also on emergentvillage.com. Um, but you can read this, and this is a really good, kind of a critical response to what is emergent? What is um, what's going on? The good things about emergence and the bad things, or the the things that he thinks everyone should be weary of about the emergence, and so it's just good stuff. I just want to encourage anyone and everyone who's kind of wrestling with that stuff to mm-hmm. read that because I this I mean. He's a smart dude. I mean, he knows what he's
0: talking well, about. Well, we just we just got a, a, a I got an email and I've been uh, corresponding with a friend of mine from New York and sent me along. Have you ever heard of the Christian Research Institute? Um, Hank Kendraff and all that stuff. I think you you I've you've talked about. to you. before. Yeah. Anyway, they do a thing called um uh I forget the name of the magazine anymore. It's the Christian Research Journal, I think, is what they call it. Right. Well, anyway, um, you know who Mark Driscoll is, right? Oh, From yes. Seattle, Washington. Do you? <laughs> what do you think of Mark Driscoll? Driscoll.
1: Oh man. Tell me seriously. Okay, he is he is a pretty hardcore. Uh, very hardcore. Yeah, like women do not belong in ministry. Women. Uh, I mean, he's got a lot of. You know, this is your defined role as a woman, as a Christian. Um, he's very outspoken, mm-hmm. but um, he's got a huge honk in church in Seattle. See that? Okay. And, so and so, I mean, so whatever he's saying and whatever he and I, I mean, I theologically, I really disagree with him a lot of points, but um, but he is so outspoken and he's so much to the point that he offends a lot of people, but mm-hmm. he does not care because right. he really believes that's what. What God says and and doesn't do it, and you know doesn't what? Sugarcoated at all.
0: Exactly, and and so he is he is another extreme. Oh yeah. Okay, uh, and I would say, okay, there there are two there there are there are extreme extremes, and then there are acceptable yeah. extremes. Yeah. Does that make sense? I can see that? Yeah. Okay. There there are the extreme extremes like goes beyond that and and that is the people who do the the picket signs and and burn down people's <laughs> offices and stuff like that. But but then you have the acceptable extreme. You know, the people who believe what they believe and they stand by their convictions and 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 then you have some people over here who consistently question and say, "You know what? We are not going to tell you what to believe. We're going to have you invest and, and, you know, I see that that's where I'm at. I, mm-hmm. you know, I, I'm, I'm such a, I, I'm such the type of personality that I want some, I want some guidelines. I, I want some, some boundaries for me to stay in theologically, um, emotionally, the, the way that I carry out ministry. And, and so sometimes I look over to the right. And I see the, oh, let's just love everybody and, and let's just reinvent the way that we approach all of these different things and let's investigate this. And then then I go over and I look at, you know, somebody like Mark Driscoll, which I must say that, you know, I I really admire the guy. Uh, I admire his convictions. I don't know that I don't believe what he believes because I, I think I'm a little bit more, especially in the area of women in church and stuff like that, just because that's what I've been taught. Right. Okay. Right. So so he theologically he he I'm more aligned with his teaching. Uh, however his his style of teaching is pretty much hellfire right. and, and brimstone. Yeah. <laughs> and and I'm okay with you know with the, the, there's something within me DG that I like hellfire and brimstone pe- preaching. But here here's the thing while I thrive on hellfire and brimstone style teaching and ministry, mm-hmm. I thrive on it. That it 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 causes something within me to want to move forward and and to be and it challenges me that kind of ministry and that kind of preaching and teaching. But at the same time, I realize that if I take that as my model of ministry to other people, it pushes people away. It offends, and of course, unlike Mark Driscoll, I'm a people pleaser. Yeah. You know, but then, then there's the, and, and and if you don't mind me just like dumping out my mind and, Go and stuff for it. like that. That's because, cool. Yeah. You know, what, I need a couch actually.
1: Did yeah. you read my? Did you read my no. my post? I was like, this is the time <laughs> where Cliff is sharing. I'm about to ask him to lay down on the couch and <laughs>
0: tell me how he truly feels about it. No, seriously, that's how I feel. So, so, so here's the deal.
1: I'm, I'll be the pastor today.
0: Thank you. <laughs> so, so I'm sitting there and I'm like, okay. I'm a. I'm not supposed to be a people pleaser. I'm only supposed to be pleasing God. But one of the things I feel is that if I'm to please God, I'm supposed to be reaching people and mm. sharing his. And, and I'm finding that hellfire brimstone, the same thing that I feel like when I am doing my best that I want to challenge other people. And But I find that challenging them in, in the ways that like a Mark Driscoll would is not necessarily the, the best way that has worked for me in the past. Right. But yet it seems to be working for him. And then I say to myself, and I question myself, well, maybe if you would just stand up and just do this, then you know what I'm saying?
1: Yeah. Or am I saying anything?
0: But but we don't know. I mean, what if Martin Driscoll is
1: bringing in the people like you who are already churched, who, Mm -hmm. who, who, who were not hearing the fire and brimstone stuff from wherever they were at. And so he's just bringing in a bunch of people that have the same theology that he does and not necessarily new people. And, and if anything, he's pushing away a lot of people okay. that could be hearing the gospel uh, for the first time, and, and especially a gospel of grace. And I think grace is just as challenging as hellfire and brimstone.
0: I guess, I, you know what? Thank you for bringing the, the word grace back into it because I, I, th- I think that that's what I am most concerned about. I, you know, my skeptic, and this is going back to where I'm skeptical about my skepticism. I I am somewhat skeptical of the going all hellfire brimstone stuff. But I am extremely skeptical of focusing too much on grace. And that...
1: God, gosh, are you kidding me? Yeah. I, I I DG I'm telling focusing too much on grace yes. I cannot disagree with you any po- well, that's at fine. all possibly more I okay. cannot do it every fiber of my being says this bible is pure grace
0: Okay and see that's what I'm saying is that that's what I'm struggling I sure. have I have not grown up in an in a in a lifestyle of grace and a matter of fact, here let, let's talk about let's talk about grace. I know grace is unmerited favor, okay? But grace is also freedom, right? To a certain extent, it, it, to a certain extent, it, right. it, you have you have some freedoms. It, you're, <clears throat> grace is like you're not bound by the rules, the regulations, the law. It it, it doesn't it, it you're not damned by them anymore. You know what I'm saying? You you are you're granted favor. That it's unmerited. You know you shouldn't do some of the things that you do, but you do them anyway, and you have this grace. and And I struggle with that because it, it, here I am, I, and this all comes. You know, you, this is a really fluid part of my life right now. Because mm. back in January, I left. You know what? Thirty four years of building up to you know the understanding that work is something you despise and that's why people pay you to do it <laughs> and people tell you what to do they tell you when to be where to be when to be there what you're going to do when you're there okay. and how you're going to act how you're going to dress you're going to do this 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 and now here I am working for myself and I have all the freedom or all the grace in the world you know it's like if i wake up at 10 o'clock or 10:30 in the morning and that's when I get my day started. You know, there's nobody beating me up. I have this unmerited favor that says, "You know what? That's okay. You know, just do what you need to do today." Right. And I'm like, "But I that so I I guess what I'm saying is that I'm a, I'm starting to experience a little bit more freedom in my faith. And in the same way, that it's it's a it's a new territory hmm. it, it, it's a, it's a little different because i i'm used to having people kind of nudge me in what direction i should go hmm. but i will tell you that i can say that from where i am today but when i was in some there have been some places where i was in areas of accountability where they kind of nudged me a little bit harder than maybe the holy spirit was intending to nudge me and I very much resisted and resented right. that at the same time. Sure, and and if anything, that was pushing me further and further away from God. Right, and it was p- making me focus more on my quote unquote inadequacies of how short, how, how how short I fell of what God wanted for me. Does that make sense? Yeah. So therefore, there was not enough emphasis on grace. Right. I don't know. I I just said a, I feel like I said a lot of everything. But I don't know that it actually all came out and, and made any sense or has any meaning. But, well, that's
1: okay. You all experienced grace. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I, but, I have to believe though that there are people who are listening to this, the the recording of this podcast. Sure. Who, I, just in my heart, I sense it right now. And it's not one of those, I feel like there's somebody that's being healed right now. It's not uh, one of those. But I, no. seriously, I really do feel that I I just spoke the thoughts that some people have been thinking of course, for the yeah. last 15 years of their life in their in, sure. in their church. And I just had to get it out because last week, it literally depressed me. Mm. Yeah, I could see that, definitely.
1: You know, I'm, I remember um, Derek Webb is a, one of my favorite artists. Uh, because he does tell you how it is in his music and even he's, and he's a Christian artist. Um, but he, uh, in one of his, in one of the things that he was talking about, he said, uh, and this is, I think it was, I can't remember the CD, but it's something about house sessions where he basically went on tour just to do a whole bunch of singing in somebody's house. Just invite, invite anybody over that's your friend and you know, we'll just, we'll have a concert in your house. Kind of a thing. And, but he spoke between every single one of the songs, and one of the things he said, I think one of the greatest things that could ever happen to every Christian on the planet, and probably to every person, is uh, for your worst sins to be put up on the 5 o'clock news. hmm Because then the world knows who you are, at the depth of who you are, and you have no other choice than to be exactly who you are. <laughs> You're not living a life of, of, of um, concealment, or facade any longer. You, you know, it's almost like your worst nightmares of junior high were just put up on the five o'clock news. And now everybody knows who you are. So now you can actually get on with living your life. Right. And I think there's something beautiful about being able to be just laid naked, you know, or in my in my in in West Texas, it's naked. Naked. Just laying naked before the world by saying, this is who I am. Right. And I'm, and I'm asking you to help me deal with it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's some of the beauty of AA. I really do. Because you're basically laying yourself out before a group of 12 people or
0: whatever else. Well, my crazy life is my AA. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> but, I think, but I
1: think that what you just did was was probably, probably pretty healing for you. And just like you were saying, it would probably encourage other people to be able to say, am I willing to lay my life out? To be able to say, I'm actually tired of living a fake life. I'm, I'm, I'm ready to live. I'm ready to live. <laughs> yeah, I'm ready to actually enjoy life and live life instead of it being concerned about um, all law and saying, I have to do this, I have to do this, I have to do this. But now it is it is it is freeing, like you were talking about. It is a sense of but freedom there that you is. can live. But and you can live into those questions. You can live into those challenges. Um, and it's not necessarily a bad thing. It's not a negative connotation. But it's just a reality that you get to deal with, right? And hopefully, you deal with it in community and not just by yourself.
0: Absolutely. Well, here, here's the other thing it, with that is is you know, um, you know that I I find myself I question you know it's like so so what is God really laying on my heart? Sometimes I I feel like well this is what I feel God this is what I feel God calling me to do. This is what I feel God is 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 you know that this is where God has has planted me at this point in time but then i you know there comes the time when you start questions like well is this really god or is this just me trying to convince myself that this is where god is and sure and and, and so it just it's consistently It's like you know it is okay somebody says in an email well you know cliff that maybe that struggle is, you know you're you're making some serious uh impact in the world for for god's kingdom and you realize that you know the enemy prowls around like a roaring lion you know, looking for who to devour, and 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 you have to pray. That's not to, Aslan. Yes, it's not. It's not Aslan. Uh, but anyway, the thing is, is that um, you know. Then I question. It's like, yeah, that that maybe that's it. This is a this is an attack from the enemy. And then the question is like, well, does God or does does Satan really come in attack, or are these just my own thoughts or my own feelings? And and or yeah. you know. And then there's you know you you turn on the TV. It's like, have you been feeling low? <laughs> You might have bipolar disorder. I like the
1: I like the voice change yeah. from so, the ads on TV.
0: If you well, have a uterus, you may <laughs> want to speak to a doctor right. before taking this medication.
1: Exactly. <laughs> well, you know, it's I, I think that I think you, went, you you touched on something really quick, and then you just kept on going. Uh-huh. I want I'm gonna I'm gonna press the rewind button and just sure. go back a little bit. And one of the challenges you basically told me that you're having is discernment hmm. Is this of me? Is this of God, this thought or this reading, this book or whatever else? And I'm going to throw some more Wesleyan out on the table. And um, Wesley had a wonderful way of being able to see what is what is of God and what is of self or of something else. Mm-hmm. Of <laughs> I rarely use the word Satan, but <laughs> the enemy, as you said. And, and so he says it's a fourfold quadrilateral and it's called Wesley's Quadra- quadrilateral. Now, he never came up with this term. He just used it, and then someone else said, "Well, wait a second. This is what he's doing." And they actually kind of coined the phrase and everything gotcha. else. But he said, "Basically, here's your plumb line. This is your ruler. This is to measure to find out if this is through discernment, you know, through prayer, uh, finding out is this well, is this me, or these, you know, or is this of God?" So he says, "Number one, uh, scripture, tradition, reason, and experience." So hold that up to all yep. four of those things. And and he said it was an equal quadrilateral, although I want to stretch I want to stretch out scripture. <laughs> right. And say so it's primary. Be able to say, hey, is there anything that would that would go against this in scripture? Okay. And uh, and then you even find in scripture some things that look like contradictions between old and new testaments and stuff like that. So then you use reason. God gave you a brain, mm-hmm. use it. <laughs> does this seem normal? Does this seem logical? Uh scripture tradition, what does the church said about this? What if Two thousand years of experiencing God said about this,
0: and that, see that's the that's the thing that I see so many people questioning and wanting to just toss out is tradition.
1: Right, exactly, and 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 these are people that have literally lived their entire lives trying to discern out these things. So I mean, I think that's probably a valuable a valuable uh, something that you could be able to read, go back, and allow those to be a part of your communal discernment right. of what's going on at that time. And then, and then experience, how have you experienced this in your life? You know, was that good? Was that bad in your own experience, um, of what you, of what you've personally experienced? So he he says basically add up all four of those and you'll probably get a much better understanding of what is of God and what is of Cliff and what is of, you know, uh, something else. Right. And I I really have loved that. I mean, that really helped me when I read about that and when I really started wrestling with stuff. Mm Mm-hmm. Is whenever I got to bring in the, the West's rattle quadrilateral to be able to to bring about, you know, some form of discernment. So I've used it and it's been wonderful in my life, but I encourage others others to check it out. And, and the other thing is
0: of course, um, recently I found myself hanging around a bunch of seminary geeks. You know, I don't know what it is.
1: What are you saying about me?
0: I, I I'm speaking <laughs> specifically of you and, and some other friends of mine. <laughs> Who, who are these seminary geeks? You know, the people who actually can go and know how to find the root Greek and Hebrew crap and all that, that other stuff. No,
1: it's it, number one, it's not crap. I, <laughs> I know. I, I can tell you the program you need and you won't even have to depend on them anymore. Okay. <laughs> oh, you want to know what it is? Yeah. That's, oh, it's called BibleWorks. It's on okay. for PC. Yeah, I think you can find the same thing. Uh, I forgot what it is for uh, Apple. Okay. But anyway, BibleWorks is what it is. And you can. It that's it's what I use. It's the it's the cheat sheet for anyone who actually wants to not necessarily have to know Greek or Hebrew, mm-hmm. but you can actually find out what it is. Gotcha. You can do searches on it. And, all
0: kinds so, of and see, here's the thing. Of course, you know, I oh, I which
1: by the way, I think it costs right around three four hundred dollars. Oh, okay.
0: <laughs> Wonderful. Yeah. So, um, anyway, <laughs> that's. <laughs> This is where i got to get my technology mind out of this, because there's no reason to discuss the technology. But anyway, moving. So um, the reason I say that is that I've always had a good, what I thought was a good working knowledge of Scripture. And all these times, every time I throw out a Scripture or something like that, I hear other people say, well, you know, if you look at that in light of this original Greek and and it's like, well, it, it kind of changes the meaning of what I thought that that scripture meant. Mm-hmm. And I don't know about how many other Christians who are listening to this who think about this, and they hear, you know, they, they read this, they've been taught one way, or they've been reading and they, they read the footnotes here, and then all of a sudden they hear that maybe this, you know, years down the road, this doesn't mean what they thought it meant. Right. And and then all of a sudden it's like, well, by golly, then why do I do why do I read the darn thing if I don't know how, if I don't have the right tools? And then and then I look into the the um, Bible and of course I see that the 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 apostles were looked at as they were going out and sharing the good news and of course um, people said wow they they were astonished and amazed that these were unschooled ordinary men. These are people who were fishermen who hung out with Jesus for a couple years and they're out there preaching the kingdom of God. And they're the ones who are writing the New Testament and all right. this stuff. Of course, Paul. In, in Greek. Paul.
1: In reading Greek. Okay.
0: Exactly. <laughs> okay. So, well, en- okay, good enough. Yeah, I, mean, so, I, I
1: mean, I'm just, I'm not, I'm nothing against that. And, and that is a huge, that's a huge argument that a lot of people say is, well, then why do I do it if someone who reads the original Greek comes in and says, actually, this means completely different of what you've been taught your whole life. Yeah. Um, but my, most of my answers to that is, okay, I've learned a lot being a church planter. Mm-hmm. I've learned, a, and that means basically creating a brand new church. Yeah. And one of the things, one of the biggest lessons, life lessons that I have learned because of this mm-hmm. is that God works even through my mistakes. <laughs> and so I don't necessarily think that um, that that you have to throw everything out, the baby with the bathwater, of an understanding. Mm-hmm. But I do think you know, one of those quadrilaterals is reason. So why not do the best you can to be able to research that, find out what the original words could mean and read it in context and then find out if there's, you know, and there's other ways of doing it without reading the Greek. Like I, that's why I read multiple versions of the Bible because multiple translations of the Bible, because a lot of times if it's a, if it's a word or a phrase that no one really, everyone's kind of up in the, up in the air about, And you think that they're actually making a commentary about it instead of actually writing down what it it was saying, Mm -hmm. because they have to make those commentaries sometimes because one word would have multiple meanings depending on its context. And sometimes it really is a question mark because we, you know, we're not back there in the original context. We're not asking the author, hey, buddy, you know. Uh, we don't have a Ouija board saying, hey, what did you mean in first Corinthians three you know
0: and <laughs> not that they would speak if they had <laughs> yeah
1: exactly <laughs> but it's it's one of those things that's it's just a challenge but i but I, but I think that it's a good thing I think it's a good thing sure. that maybe there comes a part in a time in your life where you are encouraged to go deeper with your intellectual understandings of what scripture is saying and not only just saying, well, this is pure faith. But why can't faith and intelligence actually intertwine and actually work together? Right. And I, I think that's healthy. I, I, I,
0: I can see that. I, it, Professor Allen, I do want to point out, that's one of the things I was about to say. Paul was not unschooled. And, of course, he wrote most of the New Testament. He was a Pharisee by all. I mean, he was trained sure. in in the arts of Pharisaical religion. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so And then, of course, uh, and then Nate says that Luke was a doctor. That's correct. Um, You know, but... The, the for the most part, the 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 group was made up of of some pretty shady people as far as when it comes to how much they were trained in in the way of sure. of the law. Sure. So anyway, um, or, and, or and at the least cool religious the doctrine. At the, is time.
1: the majority of them were trained by hands-on. Yeah. You know? I mean, I know that, that Christ was probably being able to read the Old Testament and be able to say, hey, this is its meaning, this is its meaning. You know, and that would just be invaluable to be able to have a rabbi, a teacher that there would be to be able to do that. But then he actually then but then he actually said, All right, let's go out and live it. Yeah, And that has gotta be so much better effective learning. That's that's for all you professors out there. <laughs> <laughs> I guarantee you I would have learned so much more in your classes if you would have actually applied it to real life or sent me out into the real world and said all right here's the physics equation for this laser to work figure it out and I, now i know it was figured out you know 50 60 years ago but figure it out let's figure it out as a as a group so we could be and i think that i think high schoolers really need to have that
0: i i think some high schoolers there they're, and, and i'm i'm very much the same way i'm a hands-on person but I, I, there are some people who are not hands-on they're they're book smart sure. i mean they they so there's different learning styles one of the things that we haven't point it out and and i think it goes before we move on uh but one of the things that i'm reminded now is is when i do read scripture you know there there is the whole emphasis of the fact that you know the holy spirit lives within us and speaks and interprets and helps us to remember and 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 teaches us and so it's not like when we read the scripture that we're you know that we're void of anything that of any help in understanding or enlightenment of of what's being spoken there right and and of course you know those of the apostles that were not trained in the religion of the day or the, the you know all the all the ways they they were I mean they were like me, a bumbling idiot from time to time, Sure. you know, just made really stupid mistakes prior to receiving the gift of the Holy Spirit. I mean they were <laughs> it's like, shall we call down fire from heaven and burn these people to death? <laughs> yeah you know and exactly. it's like I mean they and, and of course uh, Peter put his foot in his mouth multiple times yeah, sure. and and stuff like that, but um, sure. you know it, it, once the power of the Holy Spirit came upon them and reside within them, it, it, it was it was they were different people. And and so that's something that I need to remember. And I'm reminding other people who do some somewhat question, you know, should I sit down and read the Bible if I don't, quote unquote, have this seminary knowledge of all this other like how to interpret things? Uh, Professor Allen says, of course, the idea of us ordinary folk even having a Bible and trying to read it for ourselves is a very modern concept. It wasn't possible for the. Last five hundred years, and has become common among the wealthy nations for only a few centuries out of two, out of two thousand years of church history. Read his
1: last one. That's the all right. That's uh, the kicker.
0: All right. So well, let me read the next one. Then personal Bible reading time is a concept the apostles and early, uh, an early church for at least the millennium and a half would not recognize. And then he says Scripture was originally meant to be read and chewed on and hammered out and considered, and weighed, in community, not as individuals, just as you and God. Right. See, that, and, and you know what, that right there, it, it, what that's one of my, I, I love that last statement, because in I do the almost daily devotional, mm-hmm. you know, and for me, sometimes I'll have a devotional thought, or I'll go into the Bible, and I'll read something, and that is something that I will think about, I'll chew on, I'll... I'll ponder how my life and my the history of me doing relationships with people, how I've handled that. I'll struggle with maybe how I've mishandled that truth and and literally I can I can take maybe one one verse, one paragraph, one section of scripture and literally be having that be my devotional thought for an entire week. Yeah. As I'm as I'm really trying to figure this one cool. out cool. and wrestle with this. And and if anything, that's the one thing you know, going back to the remember I'm and that's talking a little bit more about having a little bit more grace and freedom in mm-hmm. how you exercise your faith. Whereas I'm certain, I don't know what Mark Driscoll would say, but I have certainly been a part of churches where they say, you know, well, to be a good Christian, you should be having your daily time alone with God. uh, And of course, you should probably be reading uh, scripture for at least 30 minutes a day or, you know, start off with 10 and move yourself up to 15 and then get to, you know, eventually you'll get to where you're reading the Bible for about an hour every day. And it's like, I, I get to the point where I say, you know what, what's the use? Because I sit there and I can read the Bible for an hour and I'm reading 15, 20, 30 different things, and I'm not going to be able to apply all of them or chew on all of them, and it's like, why can't I just pick one? Right. And and say, okay, let this soak into my life. Why don't you, why don't you try life. that? Out?
1: Why do you say, okay, for this week, it's uh-huh. this chunk of Scripture, period. Mm-hmm. I have. Awesome, okay. No, that's what I'm saying. Okay, yeah, yeah.
0: No, and, and, and that's exactly what I'm saying. It, it, it. That's how I've approached it. But at times, right. I, I feel like, well, am I not doing enough because yeah. of my old ways? Well,
1: I, I'm trying to remember. I think I remember reading a, a sermon one time or reading a quote from um, oh, uh, Martin Luther, mm-hmm. not King Jr., but the original Martin Luther. And, uh, and I think he said something like in one of his things, he's like, I'm going to keep on preaching this until you get it. <laughs> because someone was mad at him. They're like, why don't we move on? Let's go to a different scripture. And he goes, I'm not going to move on until we start living this one. Yeah. And uh you know that's a huge challenge to a That lot is of a people. huge challenge. But you know just like what you're saying where's the grace in that? Uh and, and is is there can you still have challenge and grace at the same time? And uh how do we you know how do we be able to encourage um those kinds of of life wrestling?
0: Exactly. Yeah. And 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 so my going back to my original question right is it possible to emphasize and when i say that is sometimes i feel like we we emphasize grace too much right what i what i really mean by that is that we emphasize grace 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 in in with a complete void of challenge sure you see what i'm saying and that's what i meant by that
1: right and i can definitely i mean you know just like any. so you else, agree so with it can, that it statement. can be extrude anyway you know everything can be can be extruded even grace. <laughs> and well, that's the, why I say you know, there's a difference between grace and cheap grace. And we've had that discussion once before too. Well, and, and, when I, and when I and when I
0: say emphasize too much on grace, I am talking about cheap grace. Cheap grace. Right. Grace that comes without any expectation. So so you don't completely 100% disagree with my statement no, 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 that we no, can no. Over, Well, no. before you were like, I could not disagree with you more. Well, no, I'm saying, back I'm up. saying this Bible can be summed up with two words
1: and that's love and grace. Period. Yes it is not it is not judgmental you know judgment it is not uh summed up as hellfire and brimstone Mm -hmm. Uh, if anything that i think relationship and heaven are talked about way much more than hell ever is or um whatever you know there's all different kinds of different words they don't ever actually say hell but
0: i'm gonna ask you a question so do you believe there's a physical hell eternal hell
1: um I, I'm okay with the, with there being a physical hell, uh, but I'm, I'm I'm not I'm not I'm not positive sure if if there is. Okay. Um, I do think that it would be like hell to to choose to not be in a relationship with God, mm-hmm. and it, it, that would be an ultimate torment, and it would feel like a weeping and gnashing of teeth, and it would feel you know it would feel like the worst form and kind of torment that anyone could ever be in. So um, I so.
0: Yeah so but i mean well i mean isn't that i mean that is a physical hell right i mean a hell my my understanding is and what i've heard is that you know basically we experience joy happiness and and whatever else in this life simply because of the presence of god right you know, in, 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 in that, you know, anything that is good and pleasing and... It, it, well, I don't know. There, there Sometimes sin feels good.
1: Um, yeah, which which means you should not only be relying on your
0: feelings or emotions. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm wondering, I mean... It, it, which I, is the same reason why I have, somebody, I have
1: issues with people completely, like when they're doing the altar call, being s- such an emotional response... That's why I have issues with that too. So, I mean, yeah, yeah there is. We cannot always well, trust our emotions, right? Well, and that's
0: why I'm so thankful that last week my my relationship with God was not based upon emotions. Because exactly. last <laughs> You're night, like, well, forget it, dude. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and of course, it didn't take me there. In fact, last week I recorded four episodes of the Almost Daily Devotional as I was. It's like it's like, dude. I, here's what I'm struggling with today. I'm I'm, right. I'm 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 wrestling with this scripture. I'm wrestling with being a people pleaser. I'm wrestling with this. I, I don't know. I have to... I, okay. If somebody if, if somebody just really doesn't like God and they've got to peef with him. Sure. To to live eternally without him, how... I mean, do you think that that's really... I mean, is that painful for them? Somebody who de- desperately does not want God?
1: Yeah, either painfully, emotionally, Wouldn't it or be painfully. hell for them
0: to be with God for eternity if they didn't want to be?
1: I, well in a in, in a certain in a certain stance, yes. Okay, All right. here's here's I, here's where I think this understanding of fire comes from. Okay, uh, when we think of um, hell as fire, it, back in the Old Testament, I mean, you were very fearful of being in the presence of God, right? Because nothing unholy could be in the presence of pure holiness. Okay, and so I think it would be torture for anyone who has chosen not to be holy to be in the presence of holiness. Yes. Okay. So I think, I think that going all the way back to the old Testament, that's where that kind of started that kind of thinking of hell, you know, as being fire and things like that. Um, but you know, then you, then you come back in the new Testament and anybody's, but he's basically talking about this valley that's outside of Jerusalem. That's basically the trash dump. And, and where dogs are constantly gnashing their teeth because, I mean, they, it's just, it's it would be a horrible place to be. Mm-hmm. And that's what he's trying to say is, is you know, if you're not in relationship with God, that's what it's going to be like. I mean, that's, it, it would just, it would not be the place you were created to be in. But... um I can go more into, yeah, I, into. I guess what
0: I'm wrestling with, because I don't know that I agree that hell's not a literal place. I, and 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 of course, I know that there are a lot of people who have who have shared and and say, you know, well, God, if if God actually even created a place called hell, you know, it, it, and then I, I kind of, I'm not, I'm not certain that I believe that hell is a physical place, but I'm not sure that I don't believe that it, it's not. Exactly. Okay. And,
1: and I'm saying I'm okay with both. It, and ultimately, in my mind, I don't think it necessarily truly matters. Either you're well, in a state it, no, of hell it, or you're in a place of hell. I don't think either one of those. the 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 big, huge, overarching understanding there is: you have chosen not to be in a relationship with God, and that would be torturous.
0: Well, so I I would say that that would be tort. I wonder if if the state of hell, see the 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 place of hell, is painful, and physical. And emotional and mental and all those things. The the state of hell, that could be... You could take that and, and interpret that based upon what your state of mind is.
1: Oh, so you're saying it's going to be okay if it's just a state of mind? A state of being? Yeah, I, I don't know. No no, way. no, 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 no. I, th- I don't I know what, what I mean you're, right now. I think what you're saying is, I think it would be worse for it to be painful.
0: Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, and I, I'm saying, well, at a soul you gotta level, understand. I
1: think it would be pretty freaking painful not to be in, not to be part of the creation that you were created to be in relationship with God.
0: Okay, I, I would agree with that statement because I, and we'll go there in a minute, maybe, but you gotta understand, I'm coming from the place where hell was, you know, was the main evangelical tool exactly. of bringing was, people into the it kingdom. It was fire insurance. It, it, exactly. It's like let me let me tell you. What will happen if you die tonight and and you don't accept Christ? And that's literally that is the church I grew up in.
1: Oh, I know. I know. And and I like there's a guy who goes to one of our organic gatherings that he said he tried to commit suicide four times. Four times. And it was not because of something, it was because of the church. And he'll tell you it was because of the preaching of the pastor that was telling him you are not worthy you have got to ask for forgiveness and, and he basically felt so unworthy to be with God that he literally tried to commit suicide four times and did not succeed any of those times, which is <laughs> crazy. Amazing. But it's, and it was all because of the tactic of trying to bring someone into the kingdom through fear. Mm-hmm. And I have major issues with anyone who tries to say, Hey, Hey, this relationship with God is going to be started off by a healthy fear. Mm-hmm. No, I, I, you know, I did not fear my wife into marrying me. You know, well, here's what it's not de- a healthy
0: relationship. I don't understand this because you and I both come from Wesleyan theology. on On the end of our tradition in the church. Okay. Okay, you're in the Methodist church. Sure. The Nazarene church is very much an offshoot of the Methodist church. Uh-huh. I can't imagine that it's so far divided, other than the fact that they did split, I guess. But. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's pretty funny. But, but
1: no, I, I think, I, I honestly believe that you can, you can say that this is your tradition, but if you have a pastor who had yeah. a different tradition growing up, um, and this minister, this is the way this person has always been taught how to preach mm-hmm. and this is the way they preach. And they use fear as the tactic instead of grace. Um, you know, I, and also, believe me, I grew up in West Texas. Uh, it was the predominant way of bringing people into the faith is to do, you know, you know, Scaram- turn or burn, scare you know, yeah, Scaram- this them is pure fire insurance. But, and what I'm saying is there's is so much more life that was meant to be lived and intended to be lived. By, by this creator um in, in relationship with him and it's not just okay i'm good for it later mm-hmm. it has implications for now right and if you just call it fire insurance then you're only seeking the the future stuff right and uh and I, it's so important but at the that same time that, I, that I now we live the
0: life now. we'll see the thing uh, uh, and and i want to talk about the the personal evangelism training I took a long time ago in and in a, uh, uh, a poem that was there a long time ago. But anyway, um, uh, Professor Allen's in the chat room. And he says, what we have here is another mainline slash evangelical divide. And what is the difference between mainline Christianity and evangelical Christianity?
1: I have no idea.
0: Because I hear those terms all the time. I've, I, I, I just thought we were terms. all Protestants.
1: <laughs> I hear those terms actually used in the same in the it's, same. Is meaning. it the
0: same? Well, is it the is it the same as like when I is, is it? I think maybe that the issue here is that um, it's when people say, "Are you a Christian?" And I don't want to say yes because. I don't know what they mean when they're saying Christian. No, that's true. You know, is it, and and if somebody asks, you know, are you a mainline e, uh, Christian or evangelical or whatever? So I I'd like to know, Professor Allen, if you would be willing to call in and leave us a message, and next week we'll play it uh, and tell us what your definitions of mainline Christianity is and evangelical, and what are okay. some of the divides that kind of help us to separate that? Because I I've seen that terminology not just here. But I've, I've seen it in, in lots of places, sure. and I'd love to hear a little bit more about what some people are talking about there.
1: Right, and and, and you hear it mostly in politics lately, <laughs> that, oh, they're going to get the evangelical vote. Yeah, or They're trying to get the evangelical
0: vote. Yeah, but um, you, you don't hear them say, name? I want the mainline vote, <laughs> yeah. or the mainline Christians. Yeah. Exactly. So so. Anyway, um, he says he'll try. Okay, and if if not, if somebody else wants to call in and, and give it a shot, either way,
1: <laughs> he's labeling us. How yeah. dare you?
0: Cliff is more evangelical. DG is mainline, more mainline. Wherever That's you disagree, me. it comes to one core paradigm. All right. Uh, so <laughs> anyway, um, I I was brought up evangelical, and and see that. And here, can I just share with you one more thing that really rocked my world last week? Is that um, I've really been struggling with how how little I have been pushing the eternal life issue with certain non or certain what you call normal people, mm-hmm. non-Christians. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I used to be very much mindful of sharing my faith. And of course we were talking about ready for the pounce. You know, that was very much the paradox that was very much the 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 method of evangelism you know it's always being prepared to to basically give that answer and 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 of course i believe in doing it with gentleness and respect but but i believe in the importance of being there to do it you know and not just you know not just uh, be prepared to share the gospel, uh, in in whatever, and if if you need to use words, but the ba- fact is, is you better have some words, so if you ever need to, you have them. And then, of course, you know, then there's you know the Holy Spirit will give you the words to say blah blah blah. Right. I sure. know. I'm just going off and on.
1: No, I know what you're talking about. I'm with you.
0: <laughs> so here's the here's the thing, is is that you know I've not been I I I I I think last week I was a little concerned. That I'm so focused on me hmm. and my needs physically and and just everything that's going on. I have definitely a lot of different things on my plate that I've never had to worry about before and never had anxiety over before. Mm-hmm. And I I find myself so caught up in me mm-hmm. that I have not I, I feel guilty. Guilty about not being as concerned about the eternal life of some people that I know. Uh, basically by, you know, am I investing in a relationship with them? And, and, and you know, I've gotten away from this, this understanding that, you know what, I and I've even expressed some pride in the fact that I've grown to the place where now I invest in relationships with people just to show, just to, to be, Uh, God's loving presence in their life and I've I've considered it a a point of pride to say that I am not there for the intention of converting them but somewhere Mm. out somewhere out of nowhere last week I started to feel guilty that I'm not Mm. doing that that I'm not that I'm not always mindful of it or or being more concerned about their eternal life.
1: Right. And and, I, and and what I would say is I have the same love and same care for those people, but I could actually help them live life with joy and grace now. See, I, that, and, and the eternal life aspect, it will just be the cherry on top of, of, of the Coke float. You if know? there's
0: anything that that is so opposite to where I grew up in the church. Exactly. The, what I grew up in the church is we're not home yet. Stephen Curtis Chapman, mm-hmm. we're not home. Yet. I'm yeah, not, okay, yeah, yeah, I'm not yeah. gonna say. You know, it, we're on vacation. We're this is a business trip. Right. You know, you yeah. don't hunker down. You know, it's not he who <laughs> bring wins. those
1: analogies, baby. Come on, keep bringing. You know,
0: them. <laughs> he who dies with the most toys wins. You know, is all that. Don't don't live your life like that. Don't because you know this 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 isn't where we're meant to be. You know, we're supposed to understand that. You know, this is just a uh, a stop along the road in the journey to heaven, and right. you know all these different yeah. things. I mean, it's like th- this place is not our permanent residence. It's like, then why did God put us here? Yeah, exactly, exactly. And I and I think that Christ said,
1: "I come to give you life and to give it give it to you abundantly." He yeah. didn't just say, "Hey, life later on." He's saying life right right now. Life you can live,
0: but then and, you I, and can I believe live that like
1: you've never lived before, and I believe right that
0: I believe that DG. But then I'm really concerned about the abundant life preaching stuff out there. You know Well sure. You can't you, you, know, you need if, to stay I think you have
1: to completely stay away from the um, um, oh what's it called? Um oh, what? Or you know, like uh, you'll 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 be rich, wealthy. Oh yeah, wise. yeah, yeah. Uh, prosperity gospel.
0: Prosperity gospel right. and, and and just the you know, if, if you're not wealthy, if you're struggling to put food on the table, there must be sin in your life. There must be something unconfessed, unworked on that you need to work out with God because if (laughs) you— If you had a right relationship with oh, with man. the creator of the universe, the guy who owns the cattle on a billion hills, then he is going to pour out the abundance of heaven on wow,
1: you, dude. I'm like, getting, my skin is crawling right now. Like this is the way what, I feel before th- I would step into a
0: ring. I know, but let me, <laughs> but let me tell you that when I hear that, that's the other. See, that I'm a person that sometimes no. leans towards extremes, sure. and so when I hear you say God tells us to enjoy this life, this this place is enjoyable, and, exactly, and and, and when I hear that and my mind goes from one extreme right. and, and all of a sudden it immediately goes over. And and of course, the one thing I do know that God has been clearly laying on my heart is balance, mm-hmm. you know, sure. a life of balance. And so if, if anything, maybe I don't I, I, I don't need to focus only on eternal life. I need to understand the joy of living here and the blessings mm-hmm. of living here. But at the same time. I can't let that be the center of my focus. I have to understand there is something better, and I can't be so happy here that I don't want to go there.
1: Well, sure, of course. I mean— Well, you I, say of course, but it, see, that's the thing. You, I mean, it's it's that one thing there like are seeing some of through us that dimly, not. seeing through the glass dimly. Seeing through yeah? the glass dimly, we're yeah? not— I mean, I, I think that that is— um, I <laughs> think, that, like I said, that is the— I think that's the byproduct of grace. right is, is the heaven aspect. And, but I do believe that, that we can experience a relationship with God here and now. Mm -hmm. And, and that, that is, that is, that's the, that's the, the the road less traveled. That's the narrow path. That's the key to, you know, and and no one comes to the father except through me. And so that relationship is what uh, brings you into this actual, you know, whether it's an actual place or a state of being, but you will be ultimately in eternity with in with and in relationship with God. Yeah. Father, Son, and Spirit. And I think that, I, 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 I'm not disagreeing with you at all. I think that uh, you're going to have to have a healthy balance between the two. But I'm going to always teeter-totter on the life lived now than I am the life lived in the future. Well, and God even says I don't say worry that,
0: about tomorrow for tomorrow sure. has enough.
1: And But the reason I say that is because of exactly what you're talking about. There has been a predominant um speaking ever since uh in the hand, hand, hands of an angry god i forgot who that guy was who preached that sermon but that started up this whole genre of preaching that was hellfire and brimstone fire insurance kinds of stuff yeah and and i th- and, and that's why i will always see saw on the other side because i realize that the majority of people out there whether they're christians that were taught that stuff or they're normal people who have heard that stuff mm-hmm. i'm i'm having to be able to equal out that balance by putting more so on this side gotcha Uh, and that's and that's why I do put an emphasis on that side because I realize the culture I live in has been taught that the other one and it's and it's way out of balance and out of whack to begin with
0: Jonathan Edwards thank you that's it so um you, you you have to add on top of this the fact that i spend a lot of time listening to my good catholic friends over at sqpn.com <laughs> that's cool <laughs> you know and and i listen to the daily breakfast and i listen to my friends greg and jennifer willits and stuff like that and of course i paul Camerana who does the saint cast and and just i i i'm consistently out there just listening to other people talk about their faith and sure. and 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 so much and me
1: you have to listen to me and i listen Tuesday. well and,
0: and you know the, the, the thing is is i'm hearing competing views consistently right As it's like and, and and some of the views completely seem to um just uproot so much of what i grew up as understanding to be sure. what my faith was all about Sure. And when when you start, and, and I think that that was really the thing, when you start questioning what your faith is all about, mm-hmm. you feel like, wow. And then all of a sudden you start questioning, what is the work ethic all about? And you uproot it's, yourself from the, the, that, this, the way, that, way of doing it. And my whole life is uprooted and I feel like I'm floating in limbo.
1: Right, that safe feeling foundation you had it's is all now, gone. has now been kind of taken out from underneath you. And you're swimming now. You're swimming
0: in the water. It's, you know what? I I literally do believe for the first time in my life, back in January, it was a moment just like in the scripture where Jesus Peter says, "Listen, Jesus, if you're if if you want, call me. I'll walk out there to you." And I literally felt like I got out of the boat, the safety of the boat, mm-hmm. walked out of the – and I was sitting there and it's like, and I'm never going to take my eyes off Jesus. And boy, <laughs> have I taken my eyes <laughs> off – and I have fallen into the water. And yeah. that's where I was last week. And I, and, and it's where yeah. I kind of go back and forth. It, it's yeah, kind of like, you know, it's like, wow. it's, it, And it's rough waters out here. Yeah. And Jesus keeps saying, I come to me and I'll bring you peace. And I'm like, okay, God – Lay it on me. Yeah, you know,
1: you know, and I and I can I can honestly tell you I feel the exact same way with the church plant that I'm doing. I mean, um, you know, it's it's it, this is at the very beginning of the period where the conference pulls out ten percent, uh, I mean twenty five percent of what they were giving, and so you know that twenty five percent of that finances have got to come from somewhere, whether it's the the church that's helping co sponsor this or from the church plant that I'm doing. Uh, or myself with a part-time job or whatever else. I mean, and so, you know, it's 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 financially crunch time, but I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that I'm doing what God wants me to do. Yep. And and see that that is that is what I cling to. That's the that's the rope that Christ has tied around my wrist or my arm, my waist or whatever else. And even though He's walking in the water, He might be having to drag me back to the boat <laughs> instead of lift me up, and I'll walk with Him. I'm 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 okay with that because I know that rope is secure. Yeah. And I know I can trust the rope.
0: Yep. well that leads me to uh an important announcement which is this podcast is sponsored by gspn.tv plus members cool. and of course uh basically i i figure i would just throw that in there because yeah. it, it really is the uh, plus membership is ultimately what's going to pay the bills around this place and we're currently at 143 we don't break even in this thing that we're doing here for that i'm doing for a living until i get about 500 plus members Right. and so if anybody's out there and you are enjoying the the Productions that we do here at GSPN.tv, whether it be the almost daily devotional, the about the church podcast, the various other productions that we do. Uh, one thing I do know: God has called me to provide at this point in time entertaining, encouraging, inspiring, and uplifting content, and educational content for people to to chew on and and to do that as a as as a way of expressing and living my life online and sharing what God's doing in my life. I know for a fact that's where I'm supposed to be right now. Cool. And the question I have is God, how do you provide through that? And you know, are you going to send birds, you know, with the food or what's going <laughs> to happen here? And the fish will have the coin in its mouth. Yeah. Exactly. But uh anyway, one of the ways that I know in the future it's going to happen or at least I I vision. I vision it will happen in the future is that once we have at least 500 plus members, then then things start to feel a little bit less pressure here. But I you know, if God wants me to continue to grow, through this consistent perseverance and and learning to trust and have faith, then maybe you might want to wait another week or two or three weeks before you become a Plus member. I'm cool with that. Sure. But if you guys would just consider it, that would be awesome. And you can learn more details about how to become a Plus member over at gspn.tv slash plus. We got two voice fit mails. I think we're probably a little late into the show now to, to play them, so we'll put them on for next week. Okay. And how about next week? Just be a great week of just listening to people's feedback because we'll have this week's two uh, voicemails, and then I'm sure we'll probably get about four or five or six feedback messages from today's topic.
1: Right. And you don't just have to be Professor Allen to give us definitions of what mainline and emergent are. I mean, if there's other people out there that want to evangelical out their hand that want to. Oh, what did I say? Emergent. Oh, sorry. Evangelical and mainline. Um, heck, throw out emergent. I don't care. Yeah. Uh, Whatever just, you want to talk so about. So I would love to make that. You know. Yeah, yeah. Tell us what you guys think. How how do you think the media thinks it is? How do you think the church thinks it is? How do you think it is? I mean, I would love to be able to have a good, you know.
0: And the, the other thing I want to say is that there are a lot of people out there who are not Christian who or maybe are Christian and maybe they feel like, you know, well, gosh, DG is a seminary guy. Cliff's had experience as a pastor and and stuff like that. And it sounds like you got a professor guy in there in the, in the chat room and you've got this other guy in there who went to seminary with DG and he's in pastoring and rule and stuff like that. What do I have to add to the conversation? I'm telling you, this podcast. I I really want to hear from anybody and everybody who will call in. Exactly. You know, don't feel. I mean, I look don't at give me. a
1: rat's patootie about my title or my education. Uh, We're talking about God. That's all
0: exactly. And and, and and do you have questions about God? Sure. You know, do you? You know, uh, we, gosh, I, I my favorite voicemails to date have been from from Tess. You know, who who just expressed, I just don't know that I. People who are generally wrestling and and asking. And And so, you know, we we want to hear from all of you. And so please do give us a call. The phone number is area code 859-795-4067. Again, phone number, area code 859-795-4067. (sighs) thank you Dr. Hollums
1: (laughs) oh don't you dare
0: (laughs) I feel better I got it out good I need a comfier couch in here though well we can work on that (laughs) bye everybody see ya